Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome back to America First. I'm your host, JWR. We have a few things to talk about today. Before we get into that, we have a weekly segment of Today in History. Today in History, in 1882, in its first large-scale test, Thomas Edison's light bulb was used to light New York's Pearl Street Station. And, uh, my how far has the light bulb come since then? So, thanks again. Anyway, on to the news. First, lawmakers in New York and California are urging major credit card companies to flag the sale of firearms. Officials sent letters to Visa, MasterCard, and American Express this week petitioning the creditors to create a tool which would track suspicious gun purchases. In the letter, the companies were asked to create a gun-specific category code, asserting it would assist law enforcement agencies in preventing potential mass shootings and firearm trafficking. Officials highlighted unique merchant category codes that already exist for grocery stores and several other retailers. MasterCard, American Express, and Visa have failed to support this simple, practical, life-saving tool, and the time has come for them to do, to do it, uh, stated Brad Lander, controller of New York City, or comp, comptroller of New York City. Uh, we are united here to urge credit card companies to get on board with the simple practical step to prevent gun violence and to save lives. Second Amendment advocates say it could violate the Firearms Protection Act of 1986, which prohibits the federal government or states to keep a registry of gun owners. Next, Democrat Senate candidate John Fetterman pulled out of a debate against Republican nominee Dr. Me uh, Mehmet Oz. In a tweet Tuesday, Dr. Oz confirmed Fetterman would be absent from the September 6th KDKA event. He quoted his communications director calling uh, Fetterman a liar, liberal, and coward. Fetterman responded to Oz's remarks by saying he would put his values up against the Republicans any day of the week. Despite withdrawing from the debate, the Democrat claimed he is still trying to recover after suffering a stroke in May. Dr. Oz has agreed to participate in five debates while the Fetterman camp has yet to accept any of the invitations. Next, California is getting scorched by a record-breaking heat wave. Record temperatures in the Golden State have officials concerned that the state's power grid won't keep up with demand. Uh, it's expected to be a 10 to 20 degree, uh, degrees warmer than normal across the state throughout this Labor Day weekend, with te temperatures reaching 115 degrees in the inland valleys and into the triple digits along the coast. The National Weather Service is calling it an extraordinary heat event. The sweltering temperatures will have residents cranking up air conditioners, fans, and swamp coolers. The increase in electricity means an added stress on the energy grid. Alice Reynolds, president of California Public Utilities Commission, is worried about the complications that might arise from the increased heat. If we get into an extreme event, we'll see. Reynolds marked, we're worried, very humble about what ha might happen. An ongoing drought has greatly reduced the state's ability to generate hydroelectric power. The, this heat wave will affect the entire western U.S., so California will be unable to depend on neighboring states for help. In response, Governor Gavin Newsom has proclaimed a state of emergency. It puts us in a position where we have some vulnerabilities, Newsom said, and that means we need to do things a little bit differently. 
not just on the demand side to meet that potential peak, particularly coming into this weekend, Sunday and Monday, but also on the supply side. The California Independent System Operator is taking measures to bring all available resources online. Restricted maintenance operations were issued through Tuesday, September 6th, in order to ensure all generators and transmission lines are in service. The state's grid manager also issued a flex alert, calling on residents to conserve energy in the afternoon and in the evening hours. This means people will be asked to turn thermostats up above 78 degrees, must avoid using large appliances, and must not charge their electric vehicles between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. This comes just days after the state finalized regulations to ban the scale or the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035, signaling that California's eyes may be bigger than its stomach as its infrastructure can't handle its renewable energy ambitions. The state has struggled with rolling blackouts over the past several years after shutting down all but one of its nuclear power plants. Michael Wara, a lawyer at the Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment, spoke on the topic. You have to make sure as you shut the dirty thing down, the clean thing is already up and running, and you're going to have a problem, Wara said. Uh, and that was maybe what was exposed a little bit a couple years ago. Experts are saying this weekend will be a big test for the changes California has made since 2020. Next, the Biden administration announced uh, announces a slew of new funding to help schools fill their empty teaching positions. While speaking at the White House Wednesday, Secretary of Labor Marty Walsh said the White House will be investing over $100 million to fund teaching apprenticeships on top of their prior investment of $383 million. Experts point to the COVID-19 lockdowns, teacher burnout, and low pay as the primary reasons behind the current staffing shortage. This is in spite of the existence of teachers' unions who routinely, sorry, who routinely bargained for higher wages and fought against any attempt to return to in-person learning during the pandemic. This administration has invested over $383 million in apprenticeships goodness, already in a very short period of time, said Walsh. Our next round of apprenticeships funding will be over $100 million. We're going to prioritize education and the education sector as an opportunity for those funds to help address a national need and, quite honestly, a crisis and open up educational opportunities around the country. Additionally, they sent out a joint letter to state and local school districts, which laid out what steps should be taken to entice more people to get their teaching credentials. This includes using funds from the $1.9 trillion relief package Joe Biden released earlier this year to increase wages. This letter that we put out there encouraging to take a series, a series of actions to address the teacher shortage and school staff shortages in our country, Walsh noted. Now, this was not created by the pandemic. It was happening before the pandemic. The pandemic just shined a light on it. Present for the announcement was First Lady Jill Biden, who vowed to continue supporting teachers by advocating for uh, increased wages. There are so many other future educators out there who want to teach but decide against it or decide to leave because so many obstacles stand in their way, said Ms. Biden. Uh, and we've seen that this summer, and if we want to draw more bright, talented into the field, bright and talented people into the field, if we want educators to be able to do what they do best, we have to give them the pay and the support that they need. 
This comes as a new survey showed over 94% of political donations from teachers' unions went to Democrat lawmakers. Next, law enforcement agencies across the nation are using a powerful piece of software to track Americans' phones. A program known as Fog Reveal has been used to search billions of records from mobile devices and harnesses the data to create analysis known among law enforcement as patterns of life. Davin Hall, a former police data analysis analyst, sorry, spoke in detail about the software. You can see all the locations that it's been. All said, you can see where it's moving around. You can see where it's stopping. You can see where people, uh, where people live, where people work. Sold by Fog Data Science LLC, Fog revealed that it has been used since 2018 in criminal investigations. Although the tool is rarely mentioned in court records, which defense attorneys say makes it harder for them to properly defend their clients in cases in which the technology was used. That ad ID number will ping periodically, Hall said, and it gives off the number, the time, and the location in that ping. The program takes advantage of the fact that every mobile device is assisted, is assigned a unique advertising identification number. This allows apps with location services to target consumers with promotions for as little as $7,500 a year. Fog Data Science offers the service. The service uses Ad ID to track a device's path when location services are enabled. However, the concern is that most of the time officers can use Fog Reveal without a warrant to search for personal information about near uh, about nearly anyone. I don't think it should be used by law enforcement, Hall remarked, and at the very least, I think people should be aware that it is being used and that it and that this kind of surveillance is going on. The Electronic Frontier Foundation led an investigation into how the program is used. It was found that Fog Data Science has created a search engine for officers to create geofence device searches to find the so-called patterns of life. The Electronic Frontier Foundation uh, (EFF) countered the claim that Frogs, or that Fogs, sorry, product only contains anonymous data and no personally identifiable information. Bennett Cyphers, a technologist at Electronic Frontier Foundation, spoke on the topic. The Fourth Amendment is supposed to protect us from being spied on by the government. It's supposed to mean that the government can't go into your phone and take out in intimate data about your life without legal process, said Cyphers. So if police aren't using, aren't acquiring warrants before using a service like Fog, that's essentially buying their way around the Fourth Amendment. Fog Reveal has successfully been used to solve multiple missing persons and uh, murder cases. The cases include a hit and run and the case of Sydney Sutherland, a 25-year-old nurse who was kidnapped and killed in Arkansas in 2020. Arkansas prosecutor Kevin Metcalf is using this as evidence to advocate for the use of Fog Reveal in law enforcement. If we do use the very sensitive date we're looking at, is somebody in danger? Is a life in danger? Asked Metcalf. That's what we uh, push. We push the limits on investigative metho methodology. Uh, how does technology apply? And where does that technology connect to other technologies and open source data and legal process? 
Fogg claimed in a written response to the association, Associated Press that it cannot disclose information about its customers, but it does not access or have anything to do with personally identifiable information and is merely leveraging commercially available data. Next, the State Department has approved a $1.1 billion arms sale to Taiwan. On Friday, the Pentagon announced the package would include 60 anti-ship missiles, 100 air-to-air missiles, and surveillance radar equipment. The announcement comes as China has increasingly launched military exercises close to Taiwan's coast and violated the country's air defense space. Communist country is not happy with the U.S.'s latest package to Taiwan. This aggression has only increased since Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last month. Beijing viewed her visit to the island as meddling. Next, Biden's so-called battle for the soul of the nation speech on Thursday night is not getting the roaring applause he may have hoped for. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was, was forced to defend the decision to have Marine Corps officers stand in the background of Joe Biden's divisive speech after the president caught heat from not only conservatives but from left-wing media mainstays. <coughs> Sorry. A CNN reporter was one of many to point out that the military is meant to be kept uh, apolitical. Brianna Kyler claimed that Biden standing in front of two Marines was disparaging to half the country. A guest on her show, an Iraq war veteran, also weighed in. Allison Jaslow said that though she may agree with sentiments in Biden's speech, it's hard to not see the Marine officers as a prop. Somebody made a decision to put those Marines in the shot, uh, Jaslow said. The reality is those Marines didn't have a choice whether to be there or not. It could be like myself, who if I was in the military still, I would have agreed with the president and would have uh, welcomed being at an event yesterday. But we don't know if that's true. The reality of it is that we need to make sure that our military is as removed from politics as possible. The White House has dismissed any concerns White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre has claimed that Biden's speech was not political. The way we see it here, and I would argue the way many Americans across the country see it, is standing up for democracy is not political, Jean-Pierre said. Defending rights and freedom is not political. We don't call any of that political. We see that as leadership and we see that as presidential. Press Secretary's comments were contradictory to what the President said during his speech. They fanned the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to, uh, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country, Biden said. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to con contraception, no right to marry who you love. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic is what he said uh, in his speech uh, Karine Jean-Pierre went on to say that it's not unusual to have presidents deliver speeches in front of service members she cited Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush however many of the examples being shared of the, these presidents speaking with service members on hand are not politically charged or motivated speeches but rather inaugural, inaugural speeches or remarks that directly correlate to the military. Next, and finally, 
NASA has scrubbed the launch of Artemis 1 for the second time in five days. On Saturday, the countdown for takeoff was in progress for the moon-bound rocket in Cape Canaveral, Florida. It was halted with two and a half hours on the clock. The decision to postpone the launch came after repeated attempts to fix a leak of supercooled liquid hydrogen propellant. NASA has said that engineers are continuing to gather data. The agency also announced there was no immediate word on a time frame for a third launch attempt. And that's all we have this week. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. Be sure to check out previous episodes to stay up to date. Follow us on Twitter on capital or at capital S lowercase C M B A G capital N. Uh, any and all profits, including sponsor revenue and viewer donated revenue, will be donated to the Children's Serious Fund Network. So if you do decide to donate to us, you know where your money is going. And I've covered quite a bit today, like uh, California. You know, if you're in that area that's about to have that heat wave, just keep safe, stay hydrated, stay cool. Uh, as for the other thing topics, we will keep you up to date. But uh, until the next time, America, I've been your host. JWR. And remember, stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first. <laughs>